Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. Today, I bring you Mike Ellison. For years, I struggled to find the clarity of purpose in my life and the single-minded focus that I had when I was an athlete. You know, it just felt like I was working hard but not really getting any closer to where I wanted to go. And to be honest, I really didn't even know or have a clear vision on where I wanted to go. Then I discovered a powerful four-step blueprint that I began to apply to my life, and it changed everything. Now, every morning, I'm excited to attack the day because I have a clarity of purpose and I have confidence in my plan and I have peace of mind in knowing that I'm back on that path to elite success. Anyone, and I mean anyone, can use this four-step process to recreate the key elements in the life of an elite performer so you can regain that clarity of purpose and that single-minded focus so that you can both achieve your goals and live a balanced life. I created a a free PDF for you outlining the four-step Reveal Your Path Blueprint for Success just go to jimharshawjr.com slash blueprint. That's jimharshawjr.com slash blueprint to get instant access to that free PDF. Mike is a multifaceted artist. He's a musician, actor, poet, and noted public speaker. Whether addressing genocide in Rwanda, combating bullying and teen suicide in Detroit, Chatting with senators or jamming with Grammy-winning rock legends on stage, Mike is a charismatic communicator and is always in his element. He's equally at ease delivering commencement addresses to graduates or, or working with senior executives for Fortune 500 companies. Mike was born in Ethiopia, raised in Virginia, and fully realized his calling as an interdisciplinary artist in Detroit. He's released independent records, headlined national tours, and registered acting credits that span film, theater, and television. He's also produced original content and provides voiceover for films, commercials, and concert tours. And as always, for the listener, if you don't have time to listen to the entire episode or if you hear something you like but you don't have a chance to write it down, make sure you grab your free copy of The Action Plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me, Jim. Happy to be here. With awesome. You. And a big wahoo wah to fellow University of Virginia grad. Yeah, absolutely. Wahoo wah, brother. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up. Uh, you talked about, you know, read in the bio there, Ethiopia. You are born in Ethiopia. Talk, talk to us sort of the 30,000-foot view of, you know, kind of where you grew up, where you were born, and, and kind of how you got from there to here. Sure. Well, my uh, both of my parents are from South Jamaica, Queens. So, my father ran track at St. John's, and uh, he started out in education, and then uh, he worked for the State Department and was uh, stationed overseas, which is why I was born in Ethiopia. And then uh, my, my family came back to the States. I grew up in Reston, Virginia, a planned community, beautiful, beautiful space, kind of uh, an oasis, as I learned as I went out into the world, went to South Lakes High School, and then uh, attended UVA. And... Um, 
after UVA, I started in communications, which is what I studied. I did PR with the U.S. Tennis Association and the U.S. Open, uh, managing the interview rooms at um, the U.S. Open. And I might have been the youngest, if not one of the youngest, to, to do that. That was an incredible experience. And then I moved to the Motor City to work for a sports firm that represented professional athletes. Um, but I just found myself uh, miserably depressed. Um, and I think I just knew I wasn't in my calling. Great job, great experience, but it just wasn't who I was. And the city, as I say, conspired <laughs> to turn me into an, uh, an, an interdisciplinary artist. So I started going to you know open mic nights, studying acting at the Detroit Repertory Theater, um, taking gigs, opening for an array of musicians, known and unknown, all kind of gigs, you, you name it. And then, you know, just one success leads to another. And you talk about being miserably depressed and then finding yeah. your calling. I think there's a lot of folks listening to this episode right now who, who know that they're not living out their calling. They know that they're not living the life that they fully embrace and they fully want to live. They know there's more potential in them. They're, they, they know there's more out there. They feel like they're leaving something on the table. And it sounds like you were at mm -hmm. that point. And, and, and now you're like, I mean, I, on your website and for the listener, like you got to go to his website. I have the link and everything in the action plan at jimharshawjr.com slash action. But Mike has, man, is he fully living out who he is? It is just incredible. All the different work that you do. Like, how did you go from miserably depressed to living out your calling? <laughs> you get a little less depressed each day, man. Once you, you, you know, when you know, you know, you love what you're doing when you, you know, like you start to do something and then you look up and the entire night's passed through and you don't know, you don't even notice, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, just, uh, little victories at a time, like as a spoken word artist, you start out, you get the courage to sign the list and open mic night, and then you do well a few times, and then you got people expecting to see you. And, you know, a promoter wants to pay you a couple hundred here, a little bit there. You know, I've had a chance. Spoken word artists are a cheap, great opening act sometimes at the time. So, you know, I got a chance to open for Stanley Clark and uh, Keiko Matsui and Al Green, some really incredible opportunities there, um, doing deaf poetry on HBO several seasons. As an actor... Uh, you know, fate smiled on me because Michigan passed some film incentive laws. So we had a, a, a slew of films come in. And so, I've, you know, I've got 12 films under my belt as a as a speaking character. Um, and also just creating my own opportunities, um, you know, merging what I learned in public relations, merging what I learned working for the sports firm and, and other athletes, and then using art as kind of like an entry point to communicate messages and initiatives to work with corporations, nonprofits, foundations, you name it. So I would have these, what I would call industry opportunities, you know, television and film. And then you can kind of, you know, when people see you pop up on the screen, you can kind of leverage that to say, well, here's real, what I really want to do in the community. Um, and doing it, doing it that way, but leading with the intention of, you know, where can I make an impact? Where can I contribute? Where can I make a difference? Um, and that's what, that's what led to my return to Ethiopia. You know, it was my dream my entire life to go back to Ethiopia. There were people we knew there that my mother told me stories about growing up. Uh, one woman who was like a second mother to me, and I, I promised my mother my whole life I'd go back there to find her. And this was well before mm -hmm. social media took off. And uh, I, as fate would have it, I volunteered for a doctor who was based in Detroit. I was still making music as a musician, 
made this song that combined like kind of R&B, hip-hop with traditional Ethiopian music, made it in my home office, my home studio, took it with me to Ethiopia on this mission, you know, gave it to a DJ and a couple of kids, performed for this uh, fundraiser. That led to a television appearance. On the television appearance, I got to tell my story and the person I was looking for. Fast forward six months later, you know, people are telling me, wow, your song's pretty popular here in Ethiopia and your video's on all the time. But I don't know what that means, you know. I come back six months later, the whole country knows my song wow. and knows me. And people are asking me if I found my, my second mother, you know. So, um, I mean, that was just magic for me, being back in Ethiopia where I was born, being embraced, going to the far reaches of the country and seeing children come out of the Nile River singing my song. Wow. And so that really changed my perspective on everything, Jim, because it showed me I could have greater fulfillment outside the the typical construct of the so construct of the so-called industry. Um, it showed me how, you know, if I do my part, the universe kind of conspires to supplement what else you need and, and you can create your own opportunities outside of um, the social norms. You, you mentioned fate a couple of times now, and you know, you mentioned fate yeah. smiled on you, but you also mentioned creating your own, your own opportunities. And I feel like, yeah. When you step into who you fully are, it's funny how opportunities, you know, fate, it seems like fate, you know, fate smiles upon you, but you're, you're moving forward and you keep, you know, there, you keep walking through doors that are open. And I think when, when we start finally looking for those doors, we actually see them. And then we have to have the courage to walk through those things because the, those, you know, we all have those same doors around us, right? There, these are opportunities all around us, but, but a lot of people don't, don't actually see the door. And if they see it, so many people don't walk the, through listen, the door. That's listen, you know, regardless of your economic background, if, if you went to school like UVA, like you and I did, you have more doors than probably five to 6 billion people on this planet. Right. Um, I have a song called Stepping Into Destiny, and that's what it is, you know, you, but you have to take those steps. And, um, you know, if you're fortunate enough, having traveled the world and traveled this country, our own country, where people of all shades are still struggling, and I mean, you know, middle America, rural America, we've toured all of that. But the point is, if you're not worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, and where you're going to sleep, you you have an advantage over billions of people on this planet and you have a little more leeway than you think to take some risk and take some chances because you know you're beyond the opportunity for self-actualization you know so there are times like at, at performances i would ask people what do you have how many of you have ever you know thought about your your true goals during your spare time and typically everyone raises their hand and i i raise this other thought which is for billions of people around the planet, spare time is a personal goal. Yeah. <laughs> you have people literally yeah. who work from sunup to sundown yeah. just to exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man, I think it's, that should give us license to be a lot more bold with our lives than, than, than many of us choose to be. And, I, and I'm not, like I say, man, I mean, you, the, the premise of your podcast is, is my story. It's just one failure after another until I failed a little bit less at a time. So I'm not uh, putting myself on a pedestal, nor am I knocking anyone else who says, you know, a simple nine to five is the route for me. I'm not knocking that sure. either because there's value yeah. in that too. You know what I mean? 
So, you know, you talk about free time is, is the goal for a lot of people, right? We, you know, if you have that luxury, then, then, you know, be grateful for that. Is, is gratitude important? Like, is that, I don't want to plant words in your mouth or anything, but like, is, is that, is that something that you find important? Do you have to like say, okay, this is where I'm at and these are the opportunities that I do have versus I, I don't have an opportunity? I mean, is that, is, is gratitude a starting point for you or ever was it ever, or is that part of your life now? Uh, absolutely. Gratitude is paramount, man. You know, I mean, you, before we started this, you talked about your children. I talked about mine. When I look at my children, I'm just grateful for life itself. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm fairly smart, but I'm not that smart. I'm fairly talented, but I'm not that talented. I work hard, but I'm not that hardworking. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, this, you know, I'm just a believer. There are other forces that work to your benefit uh, when you do your yeah. part. And I'm I'm my best self when I'm part of uh, initiatives and projects or causes that are bigger than myself. You know, so talk about that. Um, I mean, because I think some of us get stuck in, you know, our own world, which is fine, right? If you're listening to this podcast, you're. You know, you've got some piece of electro electronic equipment that you're listening to this on. You're you most likely are in America, though I have international listeners as well. So shout out to all my international listeners as well out there. But but you're probably in a decent enough place, right? But we're in this bubble. Absolutely. We're in this bubble, right? And and you're talking about a causes that are bigger than maybe this bubble, which is you know, your family, your town, and you know, your favorite NFL team, whatever, right? Talk about reaching out to, to causes that are that are bigger than just us and how that can pull you instead of push you, but pull you towards something bigger and greater. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, again, I, I'm not, you know, it's not to preach to anybody. I, could, I just know what works for me. And any time that I've led with ego or my own selfish interest, it's been a rough road and it hasn't really led to fulfillment. Anytime that I've shown up when friends or family or certain organizations I align with have asked me to get involved, it's been magical. And, and it's not an either-or proposition, right? Like, you can serve, and sometimes in the context of serving, it creates business opportunities. Sure. So it's, it's fulfilling on, on many levels. And, you know, there's something that happens when there's a group dynamic. Like you mentioned team sports. I grew up playing basketball, you know. Um, it just when you're part of a group and you accomplish something together, it's very fulfilling. And I think that's also why I'm drawn, drawn to music. You know, with musicians, you have to listen to each other in order to create something that people can then uh, respond to and something that will impact people. So the times that I've been able to be a part of things that are bigger than me have been enormously rewarding. And they also make you grateful for what you have and kind of keep you level because at the same time, you know, we, sometimes we give ourselves too much credit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you obviously had the good fortune of being born to, to a decent family, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, it's not a guarantee right. that your parents have to love you and nurture you and, and give you the fortitude you would need to become an all American wrestler. You, yeah. you I mean, I, wrestlers work hard, man. You can, <laughs> <laughs> I left that board alone. It's painful. You probably worked hard and you're talented, but not that yeah. much without some Amen. help, right? Yeah. You yeah, know? absolutely right. So yeah, I look man. at Mike. I look at the work you've done, and I'm like, I'm the dude who doesn't like to dance at weddings. I'm like the dude who's <laughs> just kind of like, you know, I'm an introvert. Um, 
but I stand in, you know, I've stood on stages and spoken to a thousand plus people. I've, you know, I've got this podcast, 160, 70 some episodes in now. And, you know, so I, I, I know that to, to grow as an individual, I've had to step into my fears and, and do things that are scary to me. Uh, and I always feel like mm-hmm. I grow through those. Talk about that process for you. I mean, I imagine you graduated college and then maybe I think you got a job in the sports industry, if I'm not mistaken. And then, you know, how did you make that evolution? And and I guess, were there were there points of fear where you had to step into that fear? Were there points of doubt where you had to step into that doubt? Because I know for a fact that the listeners, and, and this includes me, right? We have fears. We have doubts. We want to fully live out who we are. Absolutely. But it's hard, right? It's hard. It's like we have this safe little bubble, and it's like you know, you stick your finger outside of the bubble, and it goes, man, that hurts, or that's a little scary, right? Um, yeah, man. I, I have a million <laughs> stories of fear, but I mean, like, I was still working at, at a sports firm, and the first time I went to this cafe in Detroit, which is like now one of folklore called Cafe Mahogany, I wasn't from Detroit. I didn't know the people or the environment. And then I see all these amazing artists and poets and singers, and they're going up there and rocking it. And I actually came straight for work. I'm in a suit and tie. They're looking at me like the corny cat in the room. (laughs) And the first time I put my name on that list and stood up to say this poem in front of people, um, it was terrifying, you know. Um, But I got over it. But I'm terrified every time I step in front of an audience. You know, nobody believes me, but I am. It's just that part of, you know, one of the extreme elements of my personality is that if there's a fear, I have to conquer it, right? So I can't just speak in front of audience. I've got to perform. I've got to perform. I've got to pull people in. I've got to make an impact, (laughs) you know, and then look back on it and say, man, I can't believe I did that. Um, The the scariest thing for me was um, getting called in for a Broadway audition with literally two and a half days to prepare. Wow. And, um, yeah, the the Broadway musical, um, Fela, based on Fela Kuti's life, executive produced by Jay-Z and Will Smith, and, you know, it was a big-time production. And um, Bill T. Jones, who was a legend, you know, somehow I got the call to audition, and for your listeners, if you if you look at my picture and you look at Fela, I look nothing like him. <laughs> but but he was one of my favorite artists, a Nigerian artist who created Afrobeat, and I created a platform we call Afroflow. So I was just intimidated by the fact that it was Fela, one of my musical idols. I looked nothing like him. I had to sing, which, you know, singing the way he does is something I'd never done. I had to speak with this pigeon accent, which I had never done. And I went to a good friend of mine who ironically broke into uh, the arts on Broadway. And she said, her name is Aku Kadogo. Shout out to Aku. (laughs) She, uh, and she said to me, she said, you know, they don't call everybody and you're probably not going to get it. But in these two days, you're going to do your best and you're going to go and you're going to take that audition because they don't call everybody. So let's get to work. And, I did it. And so, you, man, you walk into this room. It, it looks and feels like a football field. Bill T. Jones is sitting at the center of the table. To his left and his right are ten more people. Everybody's stone-faced. It looks like the last supper, <laughs> you know. And then there's a band in the back of the room, Antibellus, which is an incredible band. And they just start playing, and you got to do your thing. And when it was over, I couldn't believe I did it. 
but it was, and I didn't get the part. They did tell me I did well, better than I would have imagined. I did. It was an amazing failure, and I look at that failure as probably my biz, biggest success because wow. I was never afraid to do anything after. Wow. That. So. Let's talk about that a little bit, about failure. I mean, because, you know, the, the, the name of the podcast is Success Through Failure, and I, I strongly believe that failure is a necessary step on the path to success. Can you talk about maybe that's the one, or maybe there's another failure that you can share, a, a story where you've, you've, you've gone through a failure and, and, and you've felt that, that self-doubt or maybe that hopelessness or that, that, uh, that, that hesitation inside that you've had to push through and, and, and deal with in order to get to where you're at now? Absolutely. I mean, when I um, when I made the decision to become an, a full time artist, you know, I was still trying to. I would do little consulting gigs, or small projects here and there to pay the bills until I started getting paid to do, you know, art. Um, I would work for various theater companies, but you know what theater paid then and even now is tough to make a living on. And so, and there were several times I was on my last dime. <laughs> not really sure, you know, you, you eat ramen noodles every day. You go from making a good living and working for a sports firm and you've got all kind of friends and people calling you up to now it's kind of quiet and it's just you, your thoughts, your ideas, and some ramen noodles. <laughs> and by the way, you have this UVA degree. You're supposed to be prestigious at this point. And yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, so I've been there a few times on that road. But what I will say, and this is just for me and nobody else, but once I decided to bet on myself, I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to use the, where, the complete wherewithal that, I, that I've attained um, professionally and creatively. And once you get over the fear of not getting a regular check that someone else signs, you become unstoppable. And so once I got over that fear, I, I, I can't look back, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I mean, I do some work in the professional realm and like consulting on creative strategy, um, being a diversity and inclusion catalyst. Um, you know, I've, I work in that in a professional capacity, but I can't for me at this point, I can't go back because that that feeling and that freedom um, that I gained after going through those, uh, you know, ramen noodle runs. Yeah. <laughs> it made me pretty resilient. And for the listener, I want to point out that that's a quick, easy story for Mike to share with us. But, you know, if you really go back to that moment, I mean, he was, like you said, it was on his last dime. He was eating ramen noodles and, and, and trying to fully live out who he was. But, but the money wasn't there. But, but he was working towards something that was meaningful for him. So I just want to encourage the listener on your journey, wherever you're at on your journey, whatever direction that's taking you in life, whether that's in your career, your profession, your business, your relationship, your health, your wellness, whatever it is, you're going to be, you're going to have that, that moment too, those times too, where you're going to be, you're going to be stressed. You're going to be, you're going to be stretched and and you're going to be tested. And, and it's, it's a, it's a meaningful uh, worthwhile endeavor to to put yourself through if it's for something that that's truly meaningful to you. And Mike, I wrote something down. You said once you decide to bet on yourself, once you decided to bet on yourself, you became unstoppable. I mean, that's incredible. And and no I want more people to bet on themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's look, you know, the the notion of stability is gone from this economy now, anyway, right? Yeah. Like maybe our parents' generation, who there are a handful of professions, but the notion that you can get a job somewhere that's safe and stable and is going to take care of you till retirement is dwindling. 
So whether you work for yourself or somebody else, you're going to have to be creative and reinvent yourself. Um, and that's just the, the reality for most people. Yeah. And so whether you realize it or not, you're already betting on someone else. You're betting on someone else who you think is smarter, talented, more driven, and then who you're also assuming is fair enough to pay you what you think you're worth. You know what I mean? So yep. for me personally, I'd just rather bet on myself um, and then put my faith in God and the universe to, you know, to do the rest. Amen. Even when I don't deserve it. Even when I don't deserve it. Because, you know, you talk about gratitude. A big part of this man is grace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, tremendous grace. And I, and I really believe, Jim, the times, the, the fact that I've been willing to serve others, um, to humble myself and work for other people, I, want to, I do want to say that, like, working for others and helping them achieve their goals is a fantastic way to learn how to step out on your own. And doing that, volunteering, or, like, you know, I have teacher friends who they have a pool, uh, like a pool of us that, that will contribute to causes when they have to pay for kids' clothes and food and school supplies. But I just think that being a part of that is where grace comes from because, yeah. you know, I've had opportunities – that I could never have orchestrated on my own. And I probably didn't deserve, if not but for the grace of God. And and that's uh that's very real to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, it's not something I wear on my sleeve and preach about all the time, but it's very real to yeah. me. And you know, I'm betting my kids' lives on it, right? I'm still I'm still working for myself and taking care of my children. So I certainly wouldn't put them at risk if I didn't believe I could do that. You know, just recently I, I shared my faith on this podcast, and it's not something I talk about a whole lot, but uh, for the listener, if you are interested, you can check out. I'll have the link to that episode. Uh, it's in the 150s, um, but I'll have a link to that episode in the action plan too because uh, that's uh, I'm a believer as well. And, Mike, you, you've said that, quote, not, not, uh, nobody can help everybody, but everybody can help somebody. And I think that's a great way to live your life. Yeah, man. I, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's, I don't know. That came to me in that form at a speech of some about 2008. I don't know. You know, sometimes you hear music, you hear other speeches. I don't know if other figures have said some form sure. of that, but, um, my mother and I live by that and, um, it's, it served me well. And, you know, the other thing, I mean, it's challenging by the way, like, you know, when we talk about living in America or having opportunities that other people don't have at the same time, there's such enormous pressure to be, ultra successful and it's very hard not to look over your shoulder at your peers or your friends or your family um the the sooner we're able to not live our lives in comparison to someone yeah. else is when i think you know we can uh we can be a little more fulfilled there's um there's a, a guy named Sadhguru who i like to listen to and you know Sadhguru talks about when you're hungry you have one problem once your belly's full, now all of a sudden you have a hundred problems. <laughs> Man, truth, <laughs> wow. You know, yeah, and 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 I found that to be so true, man. And so, you know, we're looking at ourselves in comparison to other people, especially with social media. Everybody's having a good time. They're vacationing on the French Riviera and a yacht, and right. you know, they're, they're driving down a beautiful mountain road and a. Porsche, Ferrari, and we get to see it all, and it happens to be on a day when you're maybe where you grew up in Pittsburgh in the wintertime yeah. on a cold Monday morning <laughs> yeah. eating Cheerios, right. and you you know what I mean? Yeah. You're looking at it in comparison. Now, look, those are curated stories, you know, 
some of those people are very happy, and they should be happy, and God bless them. But a lot of times, people are giving us the highlights, yeah. right? And then we're looking at our whole life, our whole game, in comparison to a handful of these highlights. Yeah. And that's, that's um, you know, that's dangerous. Yeah, you got to stop comparing yourself to everybody else's highlight reel. You know, I talk about that so much, especially in my, in my coaching programs called Reveal Your Path. You know, we start out with yeah. identifying what are your core values, like what's actually important to you, right? You shouldn't align your goals in life with what's parked in your neighbor's driveway or what you see on Facebook or what the media is shoving down your throat. Your goals in life should be aligned with what's actually important to you, like who you want to, how you want to live your life and who you want to live it out to be. And once you do that work, once you do that fundamental foundational work in your life, then everything changes. You can start to let go of chasing these 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 goals that that aren't meaningful because usually when you get there you know it's 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 not it's not everything you cracked it up to be because you still got you still got no. problems it's it's not man and you know one of the you know things i i i'm a big believer in youtube university right yeah. like, you can you can you can you can educate yourself on anything you want if you really yep. want and you know, and of course, there's a book, uh, the Napoleon Hill's famous book, you know, Think and Grow right. Rich. And and I really love some of those lectures. And he had different lectures where, you know, you have to, where you basically, he lists all of these uh, uh, attributes of a pleasing personality and attributes of a not-so-pleasing personality. And if you actually listen to it and you're honest with yourself, it can be empowering and humbling at the same time yeah. because, you find all these negative traits that you either had, acquired, or fell into. And I think, you know, knowing that I had children come into this world, maybe take a hard look at myself and say, what are the things that I really need and want to change about myself? What are the behaviors and decisions and actions that i got to change if I'm going to be better and be a, a decent parent? And um, that's humbling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can... You yeah. can lie to other people, but you can't lie to yourself. Yeah, you can't look in the mirror and lie to you yourself. Know? Man, you can try. Yeah. <laughs> but, the cat, but the cat on the other side is going to look back and tell you it's BS, yeah. right? So, That's, you know, it's, 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 it's a process. It's like man. when I, I remember when I was competing, when I was wrestling, you know, it's when you step out into the center of the mat and, and you look your opponent in the eye and, and you have to, to compete, you know, it, that's truth. I mean, truth is laid out bare there. You know, Deep down in your heart, if if you cut corners when you're finishing up practice with with sprints, you know if you cut corners and do all didn't do all the reps you were supposed to in the weight room. You know if you cut corners, you know didn't didn't sleep well the night before. You 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 know stayed up late the night before screwing around watching playing video games or watching movies instead of getting to sleep early. You know the truth, and and it's the same in life. All that stuff just replicates out same way every day in life. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no question. I mean, you talk about not looking at others, what's in their driveway, or if you even have a driveway. Yeah. It's you know, that's the thing. Like when we talk about success, you know, again, and we just see it at this high level. It's usually tied to finance, you know, and everybody sure. has their own definition of success. But if you wake up every day doing what you want to do around people you want to be around, and you're coming home to people that really care about you, you know, I mean, those are some fundamental things of success. And, um, you know, even as an artist, you know, I mean, your listeners will look up and some, most of what I've done, they may have never heard of or seen. 
Um, but I've, I've created my own opportunities and found ways to fund it and get it done. And I don't believe in being a starving artist uh, by any means. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, I'm not next to Jay-Z at the Grammys. <laughs> um, but the universe is bigger than that. You yeah. know, when I go to schools and I talk to kids, they say there's a lot of room between broke and Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so my point is just we watch these TED Talks or YouTube videos where somebody went from a dropout to a mogul. Uh, that's not going to happen for most of us. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean? if it does, it's, it's but, you know, most of those stories, there's a story behind that story of struggle, failure, adversity before that success happened. Absolutely. And there's probably a story about an advocate that you don't hear yeah. about that also helped make some things sure. happen. You know yep. what I mean? So we're, we're, we're comparing ourselves to people and accomplishments without having the full story. Yep. And then every now and then, like, you know, you read about certain business people or whomever, and they'll say this, 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 and this happened to me along the way. And you say, oh, man, you know, that, that person's not as successful as I <laughs> yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah, that makes them you a know? real person. That's, that's really the point and the mission of this podcast is to normalize that, that journey of struggle, of adversity, of obstacles, ultimately, in order to get to success, however you define success. Right, exactly. Mike, I want to, exactly. I want to finish up with a few questions here that they're going to sure. really give the audience some, some concrete, actionable takeaways. So... Um, can you can you share with us maybe an action item that the listener can take in the next twenty four or forty eight hours to really start start living out fully who they are um, and, and and really start moving towards a a life that is maybe more aligned with with what they would be passionate about rather than doing what you know staying in the box that they're in. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing for me, like when we talked about periods of depression, I mean, I, I had, I'm a believer, you know, men don't say this, but I'm a believer in affirmations. And, uh, you know, I had a list of affirmations that I used to have to read to myself daily on days I could barely lift my head off the yeah. pillow. Um, but so I think, you know, I believe in that and speaking positivity to you, to your own spirit. But I would say, you know, I would say, think about, some things that you really want to do or need to do and start to make a list. And once you write item number one, stop, <laughs> stop at item number one and do that. Yeah. Because what happens is we, we make these lists and it looks so daunting and then you never get off the starting block. And then that becomes more of a, you know, self-defeating situation. So there's something about little success. Start with that one. And stop right there and get that done and get something towards that. Um, that, you know, I think that's big. And I think, you know, now we have opportunities to feed ourselves so much media. So the other thing I would just say is just, you know, listen to, to people like you and others, choose what you're feeding yourself. Mm. You yeah. know, like you wouldn't just walk up in the gutter and pick up some trash and put it in your mouth. A lot of the things that we're looking at, they might be entertaining in the moment, but it, it, it leaves residue on your spirit, man, and it, it is not positive. So you gotta you gotta balance it. You know, you gotta balance Game of Thrones and stuff <laughs> like that with with something else that's gonna feed you. Um, and I think you know, for me, one of the one of the biggest tools that that I got, man, a good friend of mine, a trainer, gave me a jump rope. He didn't say anything. He didn't tell me how many to do. He just said, this is for you. And I would just look at that thing <laughs> forever. 
And, you know, I mean, and my weight has gone up and down a couple of times. And De- Detroit is where I've spent most of my time. It's cold. So you don't see, it's not like California. You see people running up and yeah. down eight mile or on the large freeway. Right. You just don't see it. And I'm around musicians and you have sessions and you eat and you travel. So I looked up one day and said, man, this isn't the cat that graduated, you know, that, that, <laughs> that used to play ball uh, uh, in the courts at UVA. So I just look at that jump rope. But now that jump rope, is the key to my health and fitness because if I if I start my day with that, then you know no pun intended, but I've got a jump start. Yeah, I want the listener I want the listener to really take this in because we're talking to a guy who is successful, who's living out his life the way he wants to live it out. Um, you know, with all the adversity and obstacles and struggle that that probably continue in some way, shape, or form in your life, just like everybody's life. But you're living your life out, and I want the listeners to understand like. Like he's talking about the book Think and Grow Rich. He's talking talking about affirmations. He's talking about exercise. He's talking about these things that that people don't we don't see these things. We don't know that successful people do this. We just go, ah, oh, they just kind of have this thing and they're kind of good and they, things are easy for them. Well, they're not. They're not. They have to do things no, and, and and grind it out and struggle and do the things that are, you know what, kind of weird, most people think, right? Affirmations, I've got affirmations. I listen to them. I read them. I say them out loud. And you know what? Most people think that kind of stuff is weird. But you know what? How many successful people, especially even on this podcast, have talked about affirmations, right? You've got to do these things. You've got to do it because I tell you, I mean, you know, again, I share this with youth a lot. You know, everybody has their own philosophy, but to me, you, you know, your brain is kind of like a, it's an antenna. You know, if you look at someone like Stevie Wonder, how does he write such prolific melodies? You know, I feel like his, he's tuned into a frequency and he pulls them down. So a lot of times we have thoughts and we think just because they're in our head that they are ours, right? Mm-hmm. So you have these, you know, you wouldn't take a knife and just stab yourself in the thigh repeatedly because <laughs> it would hurt. And yet we stab ourselves mentally over and over again with these negative self-defeating thoughts about ourselves. I used to do this. I'm ashamed of that. And the people will laugh you this, you know, all these negative things and they feel very real. And we assume that they are our own thoughts. Now we can have a bigger philosophical discussion as to whether you're talking about good versus evil, positive, negative, God, the devil, that aside, they're negative and they're not your own. And yet we hold on to these thoughts as if they're ours just because they happen to be coming through our Mm -hmm. heads. Um, That may sound a bit, you know, esoteric and artistic to some of the listeners, but I believe I think a lot of listeners get that, that too. Yeah, I mean, every thought that comes through your head, Jim, that tells you you're going to suck as a podcast host, that's not your thought. (laughs) Obviously, you didn't listen to it. But what you have to do is you have to overwhelm the negative, drown out the noise. For every one of those thoughts, you have to come up with a phrase to dismiss it. Talk to yourself and tell yourself something else, because now more than ever we're getting these 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 negative um, uh, images and of ourselves through what is success is supposed to look right. like. The other the other piece of advice that this trainer gave me, uh, this guy out of Detroit named Tony Reynolds, he said, "Do what you don't mind doing, and you'll do it every day." You know, in other words, you're not, for some people, if they're trying to get in shape or whatever, you're not going to go from where you are to training like you did in college or as an Olympic athlete. You're just not. And you can use P90X or all these programs as a kickstart. I don't know many people who keep, who keep doing that year after year, month after right. month. And that's not to knock those programs. 
But if you say to yourself, I'll do what I don't mind doing every day, you'll do something. It might be one push-up, one jumping jack, one whatever. And then slowly you'll start and you'll want to do more. So, you know, I went from not wanting to even touch a jump rope to now, you know, minimum, I, I do a thousand revolutions. And I feel good about myself the rest of the day. No matter what I do, no matter what I eat, at least I did that. You know? Yeah. Speaking of P90X, we did. Uh, we had Tony Horton on the podcast back episode number eighty-five. No, okay. but, uh, okay. but you, well, he, he might disagree <laughs> with me and say <laughs> no. But you're right. You say that they've got some loyal P90Xs, maybe, but, maybe. You know. but you. But that, the truth is, you've got to find what works for you, and and you've got to keep trying new things. You got to try different things, and and whether it's in the area of health and fitness or, or relationships or, or finances, whatever it is, right. you've got to try things. You've got to find what works for you. Yeah, man, look, I remember Tybo, but nobody's still yeah, talking Tybo. about Tybo, of course. And it, 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 I don't know anybody, <laughs> you know, I don't know anybody with the video yeah, things now. Yeah, so, yeah. No, they're all great programs, and you can learn a lot from them. They're great Kickstarters, but I think, you know, you got to come up with something that you know you can continue to do um, after that has really helped you the programs like that show you the, the best self you can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mike, yeah. man, words of wisdom from you. Thank you so much. This has just been absolutely incredible. Can you share with the listener how they can find you, follow you, and, and maybe maybe any projects you're working on right now? Yeah, man, listen, for, I, also, I, I have to almost apologize. I, you know, I, I, I'm terribly absent on social media. I'm there, but I'm not, I'm not there as often as I should be. But I'm there. So All right, we'll give you a follow Facebook, anyway. You can find me. Yeah, you you can uh well, you know, man, it's kids. I have young kids, so that's what's taking <laughs> oh, up my amen. time right I, now. I, I it's, know like, that. <laughs> it's like kids are social media. But, but I'm there. Um they can go to my website, which is Mike Ellison dot me. It's Mike Ellison dot me. Um on Instagram, um underscore Mike Ellison underscore. Same thing on Twitter, underscore Mike Ellison underscore. I'm on IG more than Twitter and Facebook, uh Mike Ellison. And then also I have um I have a YouTube channel where you, you can see, you know, snippets of live performances, spoken word, music. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm there. And Mike mentioned for the listener, Mike mentioned before uh, actually before we hit record, he has a couple songs that he wants to share with us uh, that uh, we'll get those YouTube videos uh, linked up in the action plan. So jimharshawjr.com slash action. I have all the links that Mike just shared there. A couple of songs around uh, around failure that I think are really going to resonate with the listener. So, Mike, thanks so much for making time to come on the show. Absolutely, Jim. I appreciate it, man. And for the listeners, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. 